welcome back to the Trees and Nylon podcast. I'm your host, Trees and Nylon. You can call me Trees. And I'm joined today by the patron saint of trail runners, the lover of design, and of course, all things Paris. It is Daniel Grow. I said that correct, hopefully. Grow. That's correct. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I didn't ask you before we started, so I just want to double check. But thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Super excited. Yeah, super excited to have you. And of course, thank you to um, the Ali George Hinkins for putting us in touch with each other. Um, I, I couldn't find an actual Instagram account for you. Um, so I don't know if I ever would have found out who you actually were if it wasn't for him. So thank you for that. Oh, yeah, I actually don't have an Instagram account. So if anyone's mm. looking for me, I deactivated my Instagram. Oh, wow. How long ago was that? I, that was in February. Mm. So yeah, so if people are looking for me, I didn't unfollow you or block you. I'm just off Instagram. <laughs> He's just so off. just text me, text me, or send me an email. There you go. Um, was there a reason for your departure? If you don't mind me asking. Um, I think there was a reason. Actually, there is a reason. I think I was just getting kind of overwhelmed mm. with kind of things to keep up with. I think a lot of people have had that in different stages. I've been, I've had like on and offs. I think I was mm. just like, I don't need this anymore what's good i mean obviously we have it for work but then we have like a we we do that off of the desktop but i think for like just daily use i preferred to kind of just remove that from my life it's been good though i recommend it yeah um well once i'm in a position where i can do that i'll i'll give it a try but uh (laughs) not yet not yet so still grinding right now um of course yeah. Well, this is not a podcast where we talk about uh, getting off of Instagram. Imagine. I couldn't even imagine. Uh, this is a podcast where we talk about uh, trees and also nylon going through a past, present, and future progression with both of those topics. So top of the episode, my first question for you, Daniel, would you like to talk about trees or nylon? I'm going to switch it up and talk about nylon first. Mm, interesting choice. We'll see. We'll see what the viewers think about that. But uh all right, let's go ahead and start with that. Uh, tell me a little bit how you first got into the whole fashion scene um, or dressing yourself or anything like that in general. Um, I think that's a really good question. I think like everybody, it started out when I was a kid, kind of for me, it was through music. Um, mm-hmm. I listened to a lot of hip hop growing up. Music videos are a really big thing back then. I think it's coming back now, but back then it was huge. And I would just see people dressing in a different way. And, you know, that's really kind of my first foray into streetwear. And so I was really interested into things like vape, um, kind of Japanese denim, like Ivisu and all those things. And mm-hmm. thankfully at one point I moved into, I moved to Japan and and mm-hmm. that was where I kind of went crazy a little bit and just was able to visit the vape store and the Ivisu store and just really kind of see where things were being created. And then kind of, you know, from there just spiraled down into this rabbit hole and, you know, it's always been at the back of my head. And so fun fact, I didn't work in fashion full time until like a year ago. Oh, wow. um, I used to do something completely different. Um, <laughs> I used to work in like a, a huge advertising agency. I won't shout them out because they don't deserve the shout out. But um, <laughs> um, I used to work in advertising. And so I think not to be all preachy, but like to everyone that's listening, take your time and then it'll happen and just don't give up kind of thing. And I think mm-hmm. also just to that point, um, every experience teaches you something. And so I had spent the last six, seven years of my career, just honing my craft in terms of branding, marketing, understanding how social networks work, digital marketing works across like a vast set of different industries. And now today I'm just blessed and and, and lucky enough to be able to do that in an industry that I like. So that being said, you know, 
there's never a straight path to what you want to do. So just open every door and see where you land. But basically, yeah, that's how I got into to fashion and, and, and how I guess I'm here today, sat talking to you. How long have you been at uh, Satisfy for? I've been in Satisfy since September 2021. So hmm. it's, it's pretty recent. I mean, I've known and I've been around Satisfy for a while now. I know the founder slash my boss slash my friend. I've known mm-hmm. him for a while too. And Satisfy has always been around in the ecosystem. But formally working at Satisfy, it's been since September. Nice, nice. Um, and what is your role or position there at the company? I have a funny title. We, we always make an inside <laughs> joke in a company. So I'm head of brand. Um, and okay. what that really means is that I get to look over marketing. I look over a content, um, our special projects kind of division, which is collabs or innovation. So, you know, like we do a lot of kind of interesting collaboration projects. Um, we can talk about that later, but we do upcycling. We kind of do traditional collabs. We do like one of collabs. We do um, a really interesting NFT program too. Um, mm-hmm. so I take care of that stuff too. And then a part of that kind of remit is also looking over wholesale. So just kind of understanding which partners we should be working with and, and making sure all of that good stuff is super smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have, you mentioned the NFTs and I do remember the, uh, the Stonehenge one that came out, uh, yeah, that every, the big collab that came out. Um, now this is a little something for the nature people out there. NFTs are awful for the environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you guys not to get any hard hitting journalism in here, but did you guys of do course. anything to kind of like mitigate that uh, since you are like an outdoor kind of running brand? No, that's a really good question. And I think um, that's something that we're super conscious of. Mm-hmm. So when we were getting into the program, we really wanted to understand kind of the back end of that. And so like what blockchain to work on and people are saying, you know, Ethereum, Tezos, you know, Polygon, and obviously some blockchains are more sustainable air quotes than others. Mm-hmm. Um, but we decided to go on Ethereum. I think kind of basically the thinking behind that was because we know it's going to be the lo- most long-term and I don't want to get too nerdy about it, but we decided to do that, but we're conscious of the kind of negative effects on the environment. And so we work with a couple of tools. Um, we're at the name of the tool right now. It's off the top of my head, but it's a tool that we link to our contract. And basically what it does is looks into all of the transactions that we're doing um, and calculates the amount of kind of gas and transaction fee that we're using. And then basically we have another service that allows us to offset that. So basically what we're doing is offsetting all of our transactions on uh, the blockchain. And so that's really how, you know, obviously we're trying to kind of decrease that impact um, on that. And I think the question that we get all the time is like, why are you still doing it then? And I think for us, it's, you know, we think it's going to be an interesting part of the future. We think it adds into the kind of overall brand experience and allows for people to interact with our product in a different way. Um, and so that's why we want to kind of continue that, but we're conscious of the impact that it has on the environment. And hopefully, you know, in, in the next couple of months, months, the update to Ethereum is going to happen where, you know, transactions are going to be less harmful to the environment. So we're all working towards kind of reducing our impact. Nice. Well, that's the only hard hitting question I have for you. So just got that one out of the way quick. There we go. go. Um, Yeah. I'm just going to ask you personal questions from now on. Those, those, I mean, that can be harder, but that's up for you to decide. Um, No, that's good. So yeah, you've already, you've talked about a little bit of the brands you got into. Um, When you went to Japan, uh, how old were you when you went over there? I was eight years old. Oh, I wow. Think. Yeah, eight. So a long, long time ago. I'm 29 right now. 
Um, mm -hmm. but it was a really great time because I think it allowed me to one, get into an environment that I was completely unfamiliar with. Um, but what that did was really kind of open me up to different perspectives from a very mm -hmm. young age. I mean, I don't know if a lot of the listeners have been able to go to Japan. It's, it's amazing. I recommend everyone to go. But when Famously, you go, I have like, been to Japan once. Yes. <laughs> amazing. But it's like, you know, you're going into the future. I mean, I think like the way people are interacting with technology, I think mm -hmm. like the things that they're developing product wise, it's amazing. Like their attention to detail. And I think just the respect for product is the one thing that I, even till now I remember from being in Japan and just mm -hmm. being able to be so kind of anal about making everything perfect. And I think that's kind of, you know, something that's stuck with me since. And, and really just that also, interestingly enough, like they're never afraid to kind of, experiment with like the weirdest combinations and i think that's mm -hmm. really interesting too where they're able to mix high and low and kind of like you know different genres and and not be afraid to be kind of themselves and i think you know being yourself is a really important kind of question that we all ask ourselves today where it's just like you know how do you be part of a community but also be yourself is a mm -hmm. is a really hard question when you ask people but i think in japan what they've been able to do is is, is hit that kind of question on the head where it's just like yeah they've created these communities of people that are expressing themselves in their, their unique ways so like whether it's the greasers or people if you go to harajuku obviously everyone's like very anime but like yeah they feel part of the community but everyone's unique in the way they kind of express themselves through their clothing or through their hairstyle and so i think that too has been a really kind of interesting kind of part of, of that experience nice yeah um i was when you were talking about uh going into the future imagine the uk but like the trains were always on time that's yeah. pretty much what japan is you know what i mean it's exactly. just like like when i i was just i just went to the uk for about a little bit over a week um and i was you know taking Sick. the tube and taking the overground and all that um and i was comparing that experience to my experience in japan when i was there and literally in Japan, it is the train's coming at this time. It's going to be on this platform. Um, and you know, okay, the train will be here this time on this platform. But in the UK, it's like, okay, well, it's delayed for 30 minutes or it got here two minutes exactly. earlier or something like that. Everything's exactly on time in Japan. There's like no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You know what I mean? It's just very like efficient. It's just the best way to put it. Because I mean, it's such a small area to have so many people because I was only in Tokyo for my time there. And it's just like, they have to be efficient if they want to keep moving, you know? Exactly. And it's just being respectful of other people's time as well, I think, too. Mm, where it's it's just a, like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Honor is very big in the culture. Exactly. Possibly to a fault. My So my mom, this is a little tangent before we jump back into you. My mom used to teach um, on a naval base in Japan. That's actually where she Amazing. met my dad. And um, so she made a bunch of Japanese friends over there. And um, some of them, you know, invited her back. They they keep in touch and all that. They moved, uh they were talking to her. One of them is a sociology professor at uh, Tokyo Tech. And okay. he did his thesis on um, uh, like how this like, don't bother anyone, don't, don't burden anyone with your problems kind of attitude that Japanese people have has been detrimental to like mental health in the society, how like kids can't talk to their parents or parents can't talk to their friends or stuff like that, where like people feel like if you have a problem, you should probably keep it to yourself because you don't want to like, make yeah. anyone feel bad, feel like ashamed or anything. So just interesting that there's that kind of, it obviously has helped their society a lot and to getting where they are, but there's also downsides to it. Just interesting like, perspective. A hundred percent. And, you know, I think, you know, having a bunch of Japanese friends too, you kind of see that where it's just like, mm -hmm. when you're like, yo, what's going on? They're just like, no, I'm okay. And you're like, yeah. okay, you won't press, but 
Mm. That's interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Um, so anyway, that's a little tangent for me. But anyway, let's let's jump back into you. Let's talk about nylon a little bit more. Um, let's talk about kind of how you're dressing these days. What are some brands you like? How would you describe your style these days? Um, really kind of good question. I think like in the last, I would say year, I've tried to start dressing as a grown up. Uh, I think, I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's a it's a good challenge to have. I think for me, it's been about you know how I'm able to kind of continue to bring my personality, but in a way that feels a little bit more grown up. And so what brands have I been wearing recently? A lot of vintage. Um, mm. I'm really into vintage t-shirts and vintage Levi's, um, which seems like a weird thing to be interested in when I work for a very technical brand. But um, I think the juxtaposition is is beautiful. So a lot of vintage Levi's. I'm really interested in kind of collecting those vintage uh, kind of either wrap or band tees or just like really interesting kind of um, kind of situations like that. Um, I used to wear a lot of Salomon, um, mm. especially like the broken arm collaborations. Mm. Those are a always bit nice. Away. Those yeah. are really beautiful. Um, so those, those are still in the boxes. I have a very, <laughs> very soft spot for all things jound. I don't know if I'm going to mm. yeah, get yeah. a shot for saying that on this. No, 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 no. It's, I think it's as long fine. as you don't say I'm Alien Dora, you're cool. <laughs> no, I think, um, you know, I, I, I respect Justin and everything that he's done. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been following that blog for, uh, I don't even remember for how long, but you know, when, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but since I'm older, but it used to be a blog and, and, you know, yeah. I would update every week and, and it was just really interesting to kind of show a different perspective of the world. So I've just followed how he's progressed that into product. So I always kind of look into that. Um, I've started recently wearing Doc Martens. Um, mm, okay. So I have a little bit of that grown up kind of. Yeah. 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 Spiel. What kind um, of model very, are you going for with the docs? Um, the lows, I think they're the 1461. I'm not too crazy nerdy about them, but I love mm. them a lot. I've been wearing them uh, for a long, long time. And nice. I would say just in terms of other brands, I wear a lot of Stussy. I really think what they're doing is amazing. Mm. I really love the kind of upwards trajectory of the brand. I think yeah. kind of their cut and sew program is really great. Um, their collaboration program is really great. Um, so all high praises to the guys at Stussy. And then last but not least, I would say our legacy is a really, really kind of big favorite for me. I think mm. we work with them a lot at Satisfy. And so, mm. you know, not saying that, you know, like it's a biased opinion. I think what they're doing is really <laughs> interesting, kind of being able to push kind of silhouettes and, and styles. And, and they take an innovative approach to kind of classics. I think, you know, one of my favorite things from them is their digital denim, um, where they're able to kind of print a very worn in or even sometimes distressed denim on like new denim. It's beautiful. And so, you know, that's kind of one of my favorite brands too. And then obviously nice. satisfy. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, I mean, that was a given, you don't have to say that one. Exactly. Um, yeah. I would say both of those brands are two that I'm very interested in. Don't own anything from either of them. Um, but just, I, I admire from afar kind of what you're saying, that upward trajectory of like, they exist kind of on the outskirts of street fashion and more, it's mm -hmm. like, it's like a weird middle ground of street fashion and high fashion where like, when you think of Stussy, you think of like, just the Stussy, like name on like a t-shirt and that's like, exactly. you, know, you, can, you can find that at like PacSun, but then they also have like these really nice fleeces and like super nice, like button ups and stuff like that and pants that are awesome. And they have like Birkenstock collabs and like they exist in like a weird gray area. Same thing with uh, our legacy, especially the workshop stuff. So yeah, interesting. I really like it. Both the brands. 
I think to that point, I think what's interesting and what they've understood is that all everything that they're doing is one person, right? And I think mm-hmm. like previously, I guess like five, 10 years ago, you had to be one person where it's just like, oh, like you were that PacSun kid or you were, you were the kid that went to Urban Outfitters or you were the mm-hmm. hype beast or, but I think what they've understood is that that one person is so many different people in itself, right? Where it's just like one day you might just want to throw a a graphic tee on with a pair of of kind of nice pants Mm -hmm. and and some Burks. But the next day you really want to wear this nice kind of button up shirt um, and kind of with with some jeans. And I think they've just really understood how culture is evolving. And I think like how people are intersecting different parts of that. And I think um, they're really interesting. And, you know, one of my favorite brands just kind of also from a kind of what's interesting or what's kind of coming up in culture, just, yeah, let's move on to the the future, the future of nylon. This can be the future of satisfy anything that you're legally allowed to say. You can say the future of uh, fashion in general, um, your fashion, anything like that. Um, I think the future of fashion is going to be really interesting. I think, you know, we're going to move towards a space that's a lot more, I would say, kind of functional. And I think a lot mm-hmm. more um, fluid, I think, in terms of like being able to obviously gender being one of them but also like mm-hmm. activity and i yeah. think that's something that we're going to start doing more of at satisfy um you know the future for us at satisfy is kind of one trying to educate the consumer on material science i think you know we're not the first brand to do it i think there's great brands that do it like Pangea. um they kind of bring that into kind of a more of a lifestyle kind of lens i think what we want to do at satisfy is introduce that into a more kind of technical lens and make people really understand that it's not normal that you are buying uh, a pair of technical shorts for fifty dollars because it's physically not possible to have (laughs) great material um constructed Mm -hmm. in the right way uh produced in an ethical way and sustainable way for fifty dollars and so i think that's Mm -hmm. that's the main challenge and the main dig that we get where almost every day someone is on our Instagram saying $180 for shorts. Um, yeah. And that's why, you know, it's our, it's our thing where it's like, how do we democratize kind of performance where the athletes really want to wear? And I think yeah. democratization gets confused with like cheap. And I don't think that's what it is. I think democratization is access. And so I think that's also the future of, um, of fashion and, you know, just really making sure that, you know, we democratize the outdoors a little bit more. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, you've, you've talked, you've talked about that in kind of previous episodes about gatekeeping and all of those things. Yeah. And I think for yeah. us at satisfy, you know, we want to inspire people to, to go outside, but like mm-hmm. show them that the outside could be your neighborhood park, which is already mm-hmm. a great step. Um, but could be like really just, you know, changing the way vacations are. And I think like, you know, I grew up going to vacations to big urban cities, but now like ever since kind of I've grown up, my idea of a vacation is actually going somewhere where I can disconnect. Right. And so mm-hmm. when you look at our imagery, that's why we're showing trail runners on Mount Etna going mm-hmm. to show these kind of crazy dunes in, in the Arizona desert. Because I think when you realize that the world is so big and kind of open and that you can discover these places um, and obviously kind of appreciate them through amazing kind of technical fabrics and that allow you to really just own that space and and, and be there without having to be like, yo, my shirt's super itchy, like and distracting. I think we've all been there Um, and that's kind of where we want to head. And so I think that's really kind of how I would define the future of fashion, more fluid, more democratic Mm -hmm. um, and just allowing people to explore 
um, in the environments that they feel like exploring. Yeah, very nice. Um, I was kind of the same way, uh, latching onto one of the things that you said in that. Um, uh, my dad's a pilot, so I was blessed with the ability to Amazing. travel a lot as a kid. And um, I kind of like you, I went to a lot of cities. I went to a lot of different places. My parents wanted to just show me as much as they could when I was growing up, which is awesome of them. And then they took me to Yellowstone. They fucked up. They took me to Yellowstone. They're uh, like, we're going to bring you there. We're going to see how you like it. And I loved it. And then the next vacation, they were like, well, we have like, you know, this, this weekend off or whatever. What do you, what do you guys want to do? And I was like, let's go back to Yellowstone. They're like, really? like yeah let's just go back and then since then i've just had the bug where every trip i go on i try to it's either strictly for like an outdoor thing or it is like i just went to acadia with my girlfriend um a few months ago and we did boston for like two days and then acadia and then like boston for another two days so like we we did see the city but it was definitely like an acadia trip with a little bit of um city in there and i'm going to hawaii yeah. actually in like less than a week and it's the same deal it's like we're we're staying you know in the city but it is about like going outside because it's Hawaii. i mean you can, how can you not go outside there you know what i mean i think that's amazing and i and i think like i think that's going to be a big thing i think people are going to to travel and want to mix both and so like mm -hmm. you know when we travel now like we always think about kind of the outdoor kind of integration into that kind of thing. Right. Because I'll always be passionate about art and fashion and, mm. and eating well. And, and so like, you know, when I go to Milan, for example, that will always be kind of a part of the routine, but now it's always about like, how do we integrate the outdoors and, and, and all of that into it. And I think it's a really great way to, to, to kind of think about it. And I think what people need to realize too, is that, you know, like going outdoors doesn't have to be like fine. It can be these majestic destinations like Hawaii or Acadia, but I think like mm -hmm. even just like finding a new park in your city or like yeah. a, in Paris, we're blessed to have these, like they call them parks, but they're like mini forests oh, and wow, something that awesome. I've been, been really interested in doing. And, um, maybe this will become the future. And, and since this is recorded, people will know <laughs> that I said it first, but yeah, I think yeah. like, um, with electric bikes, um, I love electric bikes. Like there's this brand called Van Move that I'm really into. Um, mm. And what's interesting is like, you know, with electric bikes, you're allowed to cover a lot more ground. And I think, you know, these forests aren't like necessarily in Paris, but what I've been interested in is kind of taking the bike and exploring them. So it's like mm. mixing elect like electric bikes with like gravel, which I think is an interesting juxtaposition because I think mm. there's always like, gatekeeping between like uh like you can't you know it's like skateboarding right where it's just like you know if you have an electric skateboard you're not really a skateboarder type of thing yeah. but it's just like is there a way that we can allow technology to enable people to explore more and i think like it's this weird thing where in paris we have these like bikes that you can rent electric bikes you can rent off the street kind of like what they have in london and sometimes me and my friends and me and my girlfriend, we just grab them and like, we're like, all right, like today we're going to go to this forest and you just go bike. You know what I mean? And I think that's just yeah. a great way to kind of enjoy the day in nature without having to commit yourself to like a train or a flight. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Congratulations, by the way, on the girlfriend. That's just, thank something. you. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> you know, shout out to her. Hope shout she should listen to this. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, like you're saying, it's not just about, you know, going on the grand adventure. It's about pulling up all trails and seeing whatever is 15 minutes away from you and just like wandering in nature for a little bit. That's also very important. Exactly. Exactly. And some of us, it's a little bit easier if you're living like 20 minutes away from the mountains like me, but in the city it could be hard, but who knows? It's definitely Hopefully, hard, but 
hopefully it increases like mindfulness and appreciation of nature. And it's like, people just want to reconnect, you know? Cause I mean, a lot of giant cities do have like a park area, like immediately yeah. when you're saying like the forest, of course I've been in Japan. Did you know, did you know I've been in Japan? Yeah. Yeah. Japan's okay. Amazing. Well, <laughs> um, like Meiji shrine in Japan exactly. in the middle of Shibuya. Yeah. It's just like, it's crazy. You're just, I, when I went there, it was like, I forgot I was in a city. It was just like, I was in a forest. I couldn't hear any cars. Couldn't hear anything. Yeah. Didn't even see an airplane. It was just straight up woods everywhere. It was beautiful. I think the selfish part of me though is like when once more people figure out, like when the parks get too busy, like a couple yeah, yeah. of parks in Paris are like that. So mm. it's like we're having to go farther and farther. But I think it's great, right? Like if the parks get busy, that means more people are outside and yeah, it's enjoying that. And you know, we're not getting just gonna find crazy. some more esoteric spots, you know. Yeah, I have a couple left. Good, so good. A couple of parks. Gatekeep yeah. them. Don't let anyone know about them. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm not on IG anymore. There you go. There you go. Don't want to blow up the spot. Awesome. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we've kind of um, already made that kind of soiree into the tree section, so we might as well start talking about it. Exactly. Um, yeah, let's talk a little bit about um, the past. Let's talk a little about how you got into uh, enjoying nature, enjoying the outdoors. This could also equate to running if you are a runner. I don't know. You don't necessarily have to be, but yeah. <laughs> Um, really good question. I think, first of all, like everyone's going to be like, Oh, is he a runner now? Cause he works for Satisfy. I'm not like me. the, I'm not yeah, the yeah. best runner. And I think shameless plug, we are expanding to other activities that I actually do. Um, <laughs> including like climbing and all those things and, nice. and perhaps cycling. Don't want to give too much away. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm but like, to answer your question, I think just moving to different countries has allowed me to kind of explore these different cities and so i was born in the philippines and we have like a bunch of different beaches and so mm -hmm. you know just being able to like your version of go to the mountains in 20 minutes like 20 minutes is a bit of an exaggeration for us in the philippines but like you can drive for an hour and go to the beach and ever since then like we've made it kind of a, a kind of habit to kind of do that ironically enough um we have a great kind of range of mountains in the Philippines is actually, that's actually one of my favorite things to do when I was a kid um, was to go up to the mountains and actually me and my family would, we do, um, I guess, yeah. Cause you didn't really have, you, we didn't really, you couldn't really trail or, or, or kind of cycle them, but we would take horses up into the mountains and kind of go on these six hour oh, wow. treks. And so that was that's my crazy. Favorite. Like, yeah, it's like crazy. Like, and it was really fun. And so that's kind of my first kind of real kind of childhood past memory of like really being immersed in nature. Like, it's funny because, you know, everyone would be so surprised because I was very much an urban kid, but I would be like, oh mm -hmm. yeah, like we would do this every Christmas. So I was like, yeah, like we need to do that six hour hike with the horses. And everyone's like, oh, okay. And um, <laughs> yeah, that was my kind of favorite part. I think ever since then, I've always just um, kind of had that. I won't lie, like it's, it's come and gone. I think like growing up like i was super obsessed with kind of big cities and so that's why i moved to new york and i was always obsessed to going to london and at that time i was wasn't even interested in going outside but i think like mm -hmm. now getting older and like kind of like really understanding kind of like where my priorities are like that's come back and, and the appreciation mm -hmm. for trees is, is really kind of what i try and do beautiful beautiful um did you ever have a moment because it seems like you're pretty invested in nature as a whole. Did you ever have a moment, like a, a standout moment where you're like, oh, I really care about nature. This is something I want to like get out in more. This is something I, I want to like make a part of my life or was it kind of just always there? Um, I think there was like a kind of a moment where like 
everything was a little bit crazy in my life one time, like, you know, like mm -hmm. so much going on with work, personal stuff. And like, I found that like just going outside and like just being alone and, and kind of like exactly what you said, like, obviously I wasn't at Meiji shrine, but like the equivalent of where I was at that time was like really kind of calming for me. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of people talk about the meditative meditative state of kind of being outside or running or doing physical activity. And I think a lot of people blow that off, but I really encourage people to kind of try and find out what works for them because it worked for me. And, you know, back when I wasn't very kind of interested in that space, like people would be like, yeah, like when you go trail running, you kind of unlock this high. Right. And that's what we talk about a lot at satisfy. And at first I was just kind of like, that's bullshit. <laughs> and then <laughs> I felt it. And then yeah. I was like, wow, like, it's, it's true. And like, it's something that you attain. And so I think for me, like that memory really, that kind of like st sticks out was the kind of time where I was able to use it as a form of meditation almost and, and kind mm. of just inner peace. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Super um, deep, my bad. No, good answer. Good answer. I like it. I, I agree. Um, I've talked to my mom about it where we were on a hike once and she was like, I like being out. Cause it just feels like it's not, reality oh it is reality this is what reality should be but then you go back society is so different than what reality was like supposed to be you know what i mean the society we've made exactly um mm -hmm. and so when you're just like walking in the woods away from it all you kind of realize that this is what it actually is this is what the world actually is yeah no and it's and and i wish we could get that more in life i think like mm -hmm. we're always so stuck to schedules and like calls especially for me i'm like oh i gotta go on my next call where it's just like <laughs> when you're out in nature like it's almost a good thing that you can't be reached almost where it's like mm -hmm. you plan out the whole day and you're like all right like today i'm doing this and like this is what i'm doing and you can, you can just focus in on that and i think is a really great kind of aspect of that too yeah yeah um i guess let's talk a little bit about now um uh, how often do you get outside nowadays in between your calls um, I try and do it every weekend. I think that's a little bit easier said than done. I think, yeah. you know, the weekends really is a time for, for me and kind of my girlfriend to kind of, she also works like a crazy schedule too. And so what we try and do is either Saturday or Sunday, we do what I was talking about earlier is we, we pick a park and we go, um, and just either take the, the bikes or we, we walk. And I think that's, that's what our, our kind of fun weekly schedule is like people always make fun of us because, you know, we used to have a very kind of active nightlife, um, and we kind of disappeared from that. And I think, you know, there's, there's no shame in that. I think the, the, the shame is really kind of prioritizing what, what people should be doing is, and, and, you know, having that kind of moment for themselves to go out. And so that's kind of what that is. We also have, um, we've also signed up, um, ourselves for this 10 K, which oh. is, a next week and so oh, it's going to be an how's the training amazing. been going for that yeah it, it, it's been going i think has been going <laughs> amazingly because of the schedules but okay. that one's an interesting one it's not so much trees it's uh it's this route that just takes you around all the monuments in paris mm, um okay which is interesting i guess but um that's just a, a warm-up one i think ideally what we want to do is do something a little bit longer and, and, and kind of more fun we also do we're doing another one in milan in a couple mm -hmm. a couple of weeks after and so that that's what that aside <laughs> from the for a forest walks we've been training ourselves up to 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 do these uh, runs which is going to become i mean you know that's nothing compared to the team at satisfy though like our yeah. ceo he runs like 10k for lunch no joke and he'll come back and do meetings i'll just be sat there and all like <laughs> how do you do this 
and and I always ask like, can I see your Strava? And he's like, here it is, and it's really 10k. So, so shout out to the people that can actually do that and not be tired. I'm not one of those people yet, but hey, yeah, you're you're working on it. You're getting there. You're getting exactly. there. Exactly. Yeah. No, I'm definitely not that person either. Which is funny because I played soccer or football my whole life. <laughs> there we go. Shout out and, to the UK uh, fam. Yeah, shout out to the UK. Um, but I played, I played that game my whole life, the beautiful game my whole life. And I was always like running, but I never enjoyed like running for fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was always like, cause I had the ball there. It was, I was running for that. I wasn't running just to run. So I've never been a great distance runner. Um, but I want to get back into it. Cause I'm like grossly, not grossly, but I'm, I don't have like any conditioning anymore. And I'd like to have that back just for athletics, athleticism yeah. sake. You know what I mean? I think I, I was exactly like you. I was like, how can people go run? And I think once I stopped running in the city or on the roads and I moved into like a park or like, mm-hmm. a, a, like a trail setting, I, I got it. Cause it's like, you have that kind of calming thing that we've been talking about, but yeah. like, there's just a lot more diversity in the environments and it's not flat. And, you know, sometimes there's a rock that you need to get out of the way. And I think moving into that setting is, has been really helpful for me. And, and it, I think, you know, it allows you to explore. So like, once you get a little bit better, like you can go on these like little hikes and trails and stuff like that. And, and what I remind people too, is like, I was like, how do you do a trail run? And I'm like, when you go on a trail run, you're not like running all the time. Like you're running mm-hmm. and then like climbing and then like hiking and then going for another run. And, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, that's what I've been reminding myself to where it's like, you shouldn't be focused on the performance aspect of it. You should just be focused in on like your self-enjoyment. Um, and so, you know, I encourage you to check out a trail. I'm sure there's a bunch of awesome trails around where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. The problem is that they go up. Oh yeah. <laughs> the problem is that they have a, a slight elevation gain that, uh, I don't want to hear. I can even, I can look up my, my local trail that I'm not going to say to anyone because no one knows. You can't give out where you're at. Exactly. <laughs> now people, people know generally where I live. Like I live in Georgia. People know that but they don't know very much else um it is a 600 foot gain oh okay it might be the other one there's two different trails on it anyway what are you saying no you could walk up the trail and then i don't know do a little bit of a climb down it it's either six or seven hundred depending on which trail i take but yeah, I'll get there eventually. I'll, uh, I'll exactly. work my way up to it. You know what I mean? There we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, anyway, that's enough about me. Uh, let's move on to your future. I mean, you've already talked about the 10K you want to do and how you want to do more than that eventually because you're a dreamer. Um, you got big goals. Exactly. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, any other like countries you want to go to, um, places you want to see regarding the outdoors, anything like that? Yeah, um, I definitely want to move out of the city at some point i think that's the biggest future thing for us right now it's like how do we get out into kind of more kind of green space on a more permanent basis um Mm -hmm. but like um the team actually we we just did a shoot at mount etna um Mm -hmm. and i didn't go to that unfortunately Uh and so and talk about spaces basically going to everywhere that we shot at, at at satisfy would probably be in the near future for me, like I heard that that Mount Etna shoot was really beautiful. So I think, yeah, like I would say my future is really looking kind of at the backyard and seeing what's super close, but like 
be able to do like the one thing is like i've lived in in france for seven years now um mm. but i haven't been outside of paris for the most part and oh, wow. there's so much beautiful nature around us and so i think yeah in the short term that's what my short-term future is and i think um you know you going to the south and going to the north is, is apparently really really beautiful mm-hmm. but dream destinations um there's this one thing that we've been talking about as a team this beautiful desert in chile called the atacama desert and it's uh, like um, i've heard of it yeah. yeah and you know it's just so beautiful and kind of it's why i also want to see um I don't really know if it's in Chile or Bolivia where it's like the um basalt flats where they have the reflective uh, like they call that like the mirror to God or something. Oh yeah. Crazy like that. I um, think it's in the Atacama Desert. Yeah, I think it Atacama should be around there. Flat. Biggest salt deposit in Chile. Yeah, there you go. So that's kind of those are the big the big ones, but I, mm-hmm. I think the, the the doable ones is probably Mount Etna. I think like we found this really awesome kind of wine vineyard type of situation mm. kind of that mm-hmm. has like a hot, like not a hostel, but like a kind of a welcoming kind of house hotel type of situation. And then we have a really great kind of team on the ground that will be able to show us a guide, but Mount Etna, I think I'm, I'm, I'm solidifying that in stone right now. <laughs> Mount Etna. Yeah. There you go. Speaking it into existence. Now you have to exactly. do it. I'll be checking. Exactly. I'll be emailing you. I won't be DMing yep. you on Instagram, but I'll be emailing. <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, I made it. I made it. I'll send you a selfie. Good. Good. That's what I need to see. Sick. Um, yeah. Any other like big goals? We're talking, we're talking grails. What, where, where are you, where do you want to go? My think grails. I, I think, um, I think like, we talk about this place a lot in this in this pod, but I really want to climb Mount Fuji. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think if we're talking really big, like I would really like to climb Mount Fuji. One, because there's this kind of sentimental value to it where like I have this memory as a kid when we would do, we didn't live in Tokyo, we lived in Osaka, mm-hmm. which is kind of like the cooler city. <laughs> Japan people will hate me for that, but whatever, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we used to drive to Tokyo and when you drive to Tokyo, you always pass Mount Fuji. Yeah. And we would always stop and just look in awe. And I think like those are, that's one of the kind of only really big, like wow moments that I've had when it's come to nature. And I think like mm. being able to go up close and, and really kind of, obviously you need to prepare and all those things, but able to kind of yeah. like try and attempt to summit that would be really cool um, too. And um, actually not like still in nature, but like on the opposite side and like underwater, like, I'd love to go like scuba diving again. I used to go scuba oh, diving when nice. I was a kid. Um, my parents started doing that again and they show me these like amazing photos of like these microscopic creatures that we don't even think would exist. And like, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's amazing. And so I think I would love to do that too, where it's just like explore the other side. And I think like there's something, you know, really kind of calming about being underwater. I think like um, Definitely. when we say when you're in nature, you're at peace, but like imagine how much more that would be underwater and just kind of like really outside of contact. And so I think, yeah, like Mount Fuji and I'm probably doing like the great barrier reef or some crazy um, reef in the Philippines because, you know, shout out to where I'm from. Shout out to where you're from. Yeah, of course. Um, I am not scuba certified. I've never actually been scuba diving, but I've been snorkeling a bit. So I kind of understand what you're saying, but never, never been fully immersed and just like under there. You know what I mean? 
I think what's interesting is like, you know, once, cause you, when you need the tank to go a lot lower, but like mm-hmm. you see, like, it's kind of like, I guess when you climb to like, you see different kind of diversity and biodiversity when you, you reach higher summits, when you go mountaineering, but kind of also it's the opposite or the same when you go underwater yeah. where like certain microscopic creatures, you can only really see at X altitude, I mean, meters underwater. And so I think like, mm-hmm. I would, I would recommend it. You know what I mean? Like you can obviously the rule is you're never supposed to touch anything, but like you can obviously get up close with your, your little magnifying glass and really kind of like explore. And so, yeah, I think I would recommend it. I mean, I think Hawaii would be a really great opportunity. Yeah, man. If we had any time, uh, we have, (laughs) we've booked up, we're going to be there for eight days and we've booked up like every single day with just like activity, 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 like beach. We want to see food. We want to eat. Like the whole thing has been itinerary. So I know those, I know those trips. And maybe you, you <laughs> yeah. do another trip where you have nothing. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll head out to like, I don't know. I don't think there would be good scuba diving in on the East coast, maybe on the West coast. There might be some like Probably down like the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. would, as much as I love the East coast, I don't think they're very good for diving. No, I wouldn't think so. Not, not lobster, very pretty. Though. Yeah. Oh dude. Great lobster. I'm just, <laughs> when I was up in Maine, mm, just the best every meal um nice well uh i think it's time we move on to some viewer questions i got for you awesome got a few one got a few for you here um all right here we go from quiet hikes okay they ask good username by the way i don't know how you snagged that one but what is the worst running injury you've ever had and we'll, we will expand it to running and also just like outdoors injury in general. Um, it's a really good question. Cause I'm thankful enough not to have had a really serious injury. Um, but I think like, um, I think I'd like, it's, it's going to be a lame answer, but I'll probably just like <laughs> sprain something. Uh-huh. Sorry, quiet hikes for the not amazing answer, <laughs> but you know, what I've learned though is never push yourself too hard. And so like, mm-hmm. obviously like, we work with a bunch of athletes here and, and kind of, they go crazy limits. They run like 250 mile races. Mm-hmm. And so I learn a lot from them when it comes to like training for my micro 10 K, which is nothing yeah. um, to them. <laughs> but, um, my kind of response to that is I'm responsible enough not to get injured. There you go. There you go. Have you seen any crazy injuries or heard of any crazy injuries? Yeah. Um, we have a couple of athletes that have really kind of hurt themselves like ACLs and all those bad things, oh, wow. and, you know, and I think like, um, when you're in that situation and, and when you've trained so much for a race, like, mm-hmm. and, and I'm not sure how familiar people are, but like our athletes, like they train like months, if not years for certain races. Um, mm-hmm. and when you're in, in the situation you're in it and you know, it's a lot of people say, yeah, but it's mind over matter. Sometimes you really just got to listen to your body and, and kind of, stop when your body tells you to stop. And I think the challenge with that is like, you feel like a failure, but what we've always told our athletes and, and that's the spirit that they embody where it's just like, it's okay. Like to, to, to listen and stop because, you know, there's always another day to kind of overcome that kind of air quotes challenge. Um, so yeah, sorry, side tangent to that question, but (laughs) I think it's really important to kind of be responsible to when you run or do activity. I had a friend of the brand, Patrick Stangby, on the podcast yes, as well. Sir. 
What's and good, he, uh, he had a, he had a lot of running questions, obviously, as well in his episode. And he yeah, was saying basically the same thing of like know your limits and just like progressively train harder and harder, but don't go hard and like know when to stop. Exactly, and I think like you know we're not you know that's the approach that we've taken as a brand and kind of tell our community where it's just like we like to show our athletes doing these amazing feats, but it's by no means like telling people that that's what we expect out of people. I think like mm. we're the opposite of a, like a, in terms of like a performance driven brand, right. We're li- literally the opposite of, of that. And what we love to say is like run for yourself. Right. And so like, yeah. don't look at other people. So if all you can do is a 30 minute run, that's perfect. You know what I mean? And next time yeah. you do 35 and, and funnily enough to, to quiet hikes, um, I don't know if you're actually going to listen to this episode. Maybe no, they will. We're they will. They will. Don't worry. We're doing we're doing a, a really interesting training guide that talks all about that, and so mm. there will be more about injuries, recovering about injuries, kind of for people that are trying, like maybe you trying to get back into running. Like a really great guide, like shot in a way that's a little bit different. Um, yeah. We have a lot of skate references that satisfy, and so it'll be shot in that kind of manner. And so stay tuned for that, um, so you can be a responsible outdoorsman. There you go. Nice. Um, the next question is from Stormfit, and they would like to know how many times have you experienced a runner high? That's a really good question. Um, I would say probably like two or three, not because like I've only ran two or three times, but it you don't get it every run. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that that's what people think where they're like, oh yeah, like you get in every run, but I think it's like the chase for that high. And you know, for me, like I've always, you know, tried to achieve it for everyone I do, but sometimes you're just not in the zone. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you're thinking about other things. And I think for me, like it's different for every runner, but like, I just like to kind of like look far and hope that it comes, <laughs> but I can say to, to storm fit. I think that's, that's what his name is. Like yeah, yeah. once, once you feel it, you, you feel it. And it, it's really like such an amazing feeling and you chase it. Can it's you, kind of like addictive. Can you try to describe it? Cause I don't think I've ever experienced that. What does it feel like? Um, I think it's I, I, like, I've never really asked what it feels like for other people. <laughs> so maybe it might yeah. be different, but like, I think like for me, it's like this light, like light feeling. Um, mm-hmm. And it's almost like, it's a weird analogy, but it's going to work anyway. <laughs> yeah, when you yeah. have like really bad internet and you're like trying to watch something on YouTube and it's like 144p. Uh. And then suddenly you have like a great kind of internet connection. It goes to 180 HD oh. or like 4K. And okay. like everything's just so clear and like seamless. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. Weird. Weird. weird yeah, yeah, yeah. I, get what you're, I get what you're saying. I understand. I understand. Yeah, so, so that that like, yeah, that's kind of like, it's just like this really awesome, like light feeling. Like you feel like, you know, everything's kind of off of your shoulders and everything's super clear. I think that's where I was trying to go with a YouTube analogy. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. Sweet. Um, that's that one for you. Uh, next. Oh, this is a good one. Co-op. I'd like to know, do you have any advice for someone joining the running apparel design world? Yes. Lots of advice. <laughs> um, I think first and foremost, um, solve problems. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of our design ethos here at satisfy we kind of design around this phrase that we say which is like peace and silence tech 
um, and basically peace to kind of remove distraction from when you're running and silence because like I'm sure we've all experienced that when you're running in something or you know you have you're trailing or something you're it's mostly in the pants they make that swishy swashy sound Mm -hmm. and so when we design we always look to those two kind of tenants piece because like how do we remove the most distraction from this run so like how do you make your keys not jingle how do you make sure that you have your phone without that really ugly phone band Mm -hmm. and all those things so i think that would kind of be one it's just how do you design to solve problems i think the second thing is um test out your material i think if it works for you and like it it should work for everybody i think like but really test it in the sense of like torture test it and so like Mm. for example here what we do is like we do all of the prototyping in-house and then the team depending on who who wants to will take it out for for testing and so whether that's on trails whether that's in the city but you know Mm. test it out too and 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 make sure that you've kind of taken it to the point where you're 150 percent happy with it and then I think um, the last point is like, um, make sure it just feels good on the skin. Like, I think yeah. a lot of people today in design are really obsessed with like name brand fabrics. So like, oh yeah, like I'm using this because it's Gore-Tex, but like yeah. Gore-Tex is an yeah. amazing tech, like not no shade to Gore-Tex. We like, mm. you know, they're amazing, but Gore-Tex isn't amazing for all situations, right? Because yeah. like Gore-Tex is designed to keep things out. But if you're trying to run in Gore-Tex, that means like your body heat is trapped and you're going to overheat really quickly. But yeah. Pertex, for example, is breathable. And so that's mm-hmm. why you should run in a Pertex kind of three-layer jacket or a Pertex kind of trail jacket. Mm-hmm. Um, and so also like keep in mind that like as much as and as cool as materials are, um, make sure that you're actually also tailoring what you do to to the activity that you're doing and it's okay to have multiple versions of one product but for different activities yeah shout out to uh unknown spaces for saying the same thing that gore-tex is like the house the household name but it's not the end-all be-all for exactly like waterproofing you know 100 percent. like there's so many great technologies out there i think like you know explore and, and really see what works best on the activity that you're trying to provide a solution to mm-hmm. nice nice stuff that was a good question yeah, shout out to Co-op. I believe he um I follow, I think it's called Ripstop AI is his like designing page. Ripstop AI. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it is. But he's he does some technical, some technical stuff. There you go. Shout out to him. Um, and then the last question is from F underscore underscore four W. They actually asked two questions. The first one is uh, please can I have some free stuff? I am broke. Uh, so I just have to ask that for, so they don't get mad. And then also favorite book that you've read. What's your favorite book? Um, sorry, I can't give you free stuff <laughs> unless you have like, a, unless you like have this amazing running project, um, uh-huh. that you're about to embark on. Um, so reach out, find a way, <laughs> DM us and, and we'll see what we can do if you have that project. Yeah, yeah. Um, and my favorite book, that's a really hard question because not because I don't read books because I read it. I mean, like, I don't really remember what my favorite is. I think that's a hard question. Like what's your favorite song? Um, mm-hmm. But there's this one book that I like all Malcolm Gladwell books, not like, cause I think they're really interesting and help unpack a bunch of stuff. Um, but the last book that I read that was really interesting was Shoe Dog, I think. Obviously, the Phil Knight book. 
um, because I think it unpacks a lot of kind of yes, questions about, well. about Nike. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it was really interesting to just understand kind of the hustle behind the brand and kind of the mm-hmm. DIY spirit. Um, and then kind of a really good, um, it's going to sound really lame too, but like another really good <laughs> book that anyone in marketing should read is called how brands grow by Byron Sharp. Um, because it will teach you a lot of stuff that a lot of people should know more of. Um, I think there's a free PDF version. Sorry. I'm not really into pirating stuff, but you know, I'm all about sorry, democratizing Brian. knowledge or Byron. Sorry. Byron. Byron yeah. <laughs> but it's a really, it's a really good book. Um, it will help you kind of learn, especially like for a lot of people that are trying to start their own brand today. I mm-hmm. think like, yes, great product is, is amazing, but, um, you know, great marketing is, is also really helpful. And that's also the flip side too, that I think a lot of people don't really think about where it's like, you can have the best marketing in the world, but if your product shit, no one's going to buy it. Yeah. You exactly. get light, you'll get likes, but no, one's going to buy it. And so yeah. also think about that when you're starting your own brand. Nice. Nice stuff. Um, I think that's all the questions I got for you. Do you have any questions for me? I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot there. No one ever does. I just have to ask out of courtesy. Um, I do have a two questions. Oh, okay, who's, cool. Because I think it'd be interesting for, for people to find out. Who's your okay. dream guest? Ooh, my dream guest. Um... Let me look at Instagram real quick. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I love, I love that's the reflex. Let me look at Instagram <laughs> real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 obvious answer would be like Organic Lab, you know, like the okay. outdoor fashion okay. guy. You know, that okay. that's obviously but outdoor then, fashion guy extraordinaire. Extraordinary Organic Lab. <laughs> and then, but they do not do interviews. Don't worry, I've asked. They don't do interviews now but i'll wear them down and then second hmm probably daniel grow of uh satisfied running who is that who is that super cool guy um (laughs) yeah hopefully he'll come on one day no i don't know uh maybe like oh dream i mean how sick would it be if like yvonne chunard came on you know what i mean all right. That would be okay, crazy. Okay. He's like 80, I think, at this point. Let's see how old he is. He's 83, but that'd be sick. That'd be so that would be like I'd I'd stop the podcast. If that, would, that would be your last interview. That would be it. I would I, there'd be literally nowhere but down from there. So exactly. It'd be like, yeah. And my second question and last question, because I yeah. think. Everyone wants to know. Maybe you've answered this in a previous podcast. I don't know. Okay. What's the most what's the most overrated brand for you today at this point in time? Most overrated. Actually, no, l- l- no, let's do let's do past, present, future for that question. Okay. So this is now uh, Trees in Nylon by Daniel Bro. <laughs> all right, all right, cool, cool, cool. The most recent or sorry, sorry, the most overrated brand of like the past with me. Hmm. Overrated. Right, give me some time to think. I'm not used to being the one on this side of the questions. So uh, for to preface, I got into like this whole scene probably back in like 2016, 2017-ish, like, you know, hard into the hype beast kind of culture. The most overrated brand 
Mm. Let's you get know it straight that we were all hype beasts at one we point were, in life. We were. It's a common thread. Like it's a common thread. Every, no, but like every single person, every single cool person that you know <laughs> yeah. was a hype beast at one was point. A hype beast at one point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got to be one of those like John Rebuff brands from New York. I, I don't know which one I want to say. Uh, I'm tempted to say I'm a Leon Dore. I'm tempted uh, to. I do like uh-oh. their stuff. It is just, it's got a little bit too much hype for what it is. I'll say, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that, maybe like, uh, I'm making a lot of enemies here. That's fine. I don't really care. Um, oh, Kith, yeah, no comment Kith from is me, overrated also. Yeah, this is just is completely my opinion. Kith is a little bit overrated. Um, I, I used to like Kith a lot too. Kith was like, I bought more from there than I did Supreme, honestly. But like okay. looking back at it, I'm like, I was a fool. Looking at all their little uh, serial collabs that they've done, I'm like, okay, maybe this wasn't as cool as I thought it was. Um, so yeah, I'd probably say right now, Kith is a little bit overrated. Um, for the present, what's an overrated brand of the present? Um, overrated, meaning they don't do as good as people say they do. Exactly. I'm interested hmm. about this one. I mean, maybe if you don't want to burn the bridge, you can just describe no, the no, product. It's cool. it's cool. I can do it. Um, you know, I would have said, I would have said Hydromock is like a product that I think is overrated. Okay. Um, okay. Just because I know a lot of people in the scene wear them and I've never been a Hydromock guy. I've always been like a Chaco's guy just because that's how I grew up. Um, but I put on a pair of Hydromocks and I like them more than Crocs. So maybe I'll say Crocs. I think Crocs are overrated, but they're not really over, but people don't really like them. So it's a hard question to answer because I want to say Hydromock, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to say Hydromocks. Final answer. Okay. That's what's overrated right now. What's going okay. to be overrated in the future. Um, Arcteryx is an easy answer, but I think they've already kind of had their moment and they're kind of like downward trajectory as far as like mainstream appeal like you know arc twizzing the shower that kind of thing you know that had its moment uh, but i think it's already over that's my favorite moment yeah <laughs> yeah just because just... for me like you know if kids are willing to spend 500 bucks for a shower jacket yeah a shower jacket exactly that's interesting what when do you think peak arcturx was arc twizzy, are, are you thinking that like moment. oh really so like mainstream was... appeal mainstream appeal yeah Okay, so that was post Palace, pre Jill Sander. Okay. Yeah, pre Jill Sander. I mean, the Jill Sander stuff was good, but I think the hype had, I mean, obviously in the community that I'm in, it had not died. But as far as like seeing it posted on like TikTok, it was definitely not there anymore by the time Jill Sander stuff came out. It was like a, good answer. I mean, that's how TikTok trends are though. You know, it's just like it's a, it's a flash in the pan. They're there for like two weeks and they're gone. Like, have you heard anything about Bloke Core since like, Two weeks ago hell no you haven't because it's not no, a thing exactly <laughs> it's not exactly a thing. <laughs> i didn't even know what that was until exactly. two seconds ago <laughs> yeah, let's check a, what that is yeah it's literally just like wearing jorts and and a football kit or a soccer jersey um and like sambas and that's that's what bloat core is and it's like a little micro trend that lasted for like a week and a half wait how so, is that a how is that a trend micro trend uh, it lasted for two weeks people just like did it for a little bit and now it's over oh okay mm-hmm. interesting all right yeah that's cool. all yeah. right so just I'm glad like i got that. to ask you two questions <laughs> there you go yeah um that's what i think i think 
yeah, future. What did I say? Did I say, no, I didn't even give an answer. I said, it's not Arcteryx. I'm just going to, I'm going to say this. I'm, I'm putting it into existence that La Sportiva is going to have a meteoric rise. They're going to have a rise, but then they're going to overplay their hand. That's what I think is going to happen. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh I would put, I would put probably like all my chips in that basket and Mm -hmm. say, that's the winning bet. Yeah. Interesting though, because they are very OG. Mm -hmm. A lot of respect for La Sportiva. Yeah, of course. I love Um, their stuff. I think I know a couple of people. I mean, like, I think I know the, the logic train behind that and the placements and who is wearing La Sportiva where, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Cough, cough, London. Very nice people though. <laughs> um, but it's not their fault. It's because other people no. will copy them. Yeah. And do that. But exactly. I agree hundred percent. I will buy. I mean, I've been thinking <laughs> about getting a pair, but I don't know Dude, how you I should. will. The, the, uh, the ultra Raptors, I have, um, the, the mids that they that they make honestly yeah. like much more comfortable than solomon's like xc6 xa pro like all of those things i prefer the sportiva raptors over them so they're good shoes yeah, i just think amazing. that i can just like very they are they did like the zegna collab which yeah, was very was strange it was whack and then um i could just see like so solomon solomon kind of makes like three good colorways a year and they'll do like a few good collabs, you know what I mean? So they're already kind of like they're definitely hype. They're like they're like the Nike of the scene, and then La Sportiva is kind of like the Adidas. And I feel like La Sportiva will have a moment where they'll make like a really good shoe, and everyone will want it, everyone will buy it. They'll make like a couple more, but then they'll, they'll just release like thirty colorways for one shoe, and then they'll kind of lose their traction. You know, that's what exactly. I that's my prediction. That's what I think is going to happen. I agree. But I think so. We don't make that happen. La Sportiva, call satisfy. We'll help you make a good show. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I agree. That's a good I'm one. expecting a cut of um, that, by the way. <laughs> of course. We'll, we'll, we'll give you that cut. Last question, if that's okay. Yeah. What's cool. your What's your dream collab? My dream collab. No, based oh. on based on kind of the popularity of mm-hmm. of pages and 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 personas getting collabs. Your dream collab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it would be sick to have, I mean, like we're talking big, we're talking big here, something with like the U S national park system getting like awesome something, some crazy, just like they sponsor me to go to a bunch of parks, something like that. I don't know. Just something wild like that would be really cool. Uh, raising awareness for them or I don't know, something like that. That would be like a dream. And then lesser dream, a brand, an actual brand I would want to work with would probably be, Mm, I'm contradicting myself a little bit here. I'll say La Sportiva because I really like the Ultra Raptor and I feel like they don't, I feel like they're a little bit more picky with their collabs. And so that would be super cool to be able to design a colorway because um, I don't have the design technique to uh, make an actual silhouette, but I think it'd be cool to design a colorway for one of their shoes. Oh yeah. I think that's dope. I think to kind of your part point, it's going to mm-hmm. date me again, but back in the day when Heron Preston wasn't, where he was today he did a collab mm. with the department of sanitation of new york oh really um and that was amazing because i think he what he i think the concept was taking you not used but like vintage dsny t-shirts mm-hmm. and kind of like upcycling them and then giving the proceeds back to them to raise awareness for them because you know they're the hidden heroes of new york i think that's yeah. i think that's that that's what their slogan is um so you never know you should reach out to the department of parks 
Maybe I should. I think I saw this. I think I saw these pieces like in a store in like a little boutique in Atlanta. I still, I still have one actually. Oh yeah. But, um, but yeah, but I think, yeah, that would be amazing. Um, I know only that brand from New York did a collab with the parks department or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll send an email out. Hey, I have there you uh, go. 2000 followers I can get a cut of that. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna cut. You're gonna cut. Don't worry. <laughs> awesome. Sweet, this man. is really fun. This is dope. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course, man. Thank you so much for coming on. I'd love to have you on a uh, Patreon, patreoncom nylon. I do little fireside chats where I uh, bring on guests again, and we kind of just have a little bit more personal chat. Not necessarily like me interviewing you about your life, but more I ask you questions, dig a little bit deeper, that kind of thing. Awesome, of course. Just let me know when and where. I'll be there. And hopefully we can do this again. Yeah, of course, man. Of course. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, I need a piece of this about this form.